Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Hindsight, a nostalgia podcast. My name is Ian. I'm joined, as always, by the original grandma's boy, Wes. Wes, I've got to say, I've got a lot on my mind. If you're a single parent and you're out there, I know it's tough. I know it's tough. I get it now. As you know, my wife is out of town visiting family, and so I'm here with the boys, and I'm running around like a chicken with its head cut off, and I mean that in the truest sense. I'm just spinning around in circles. Yeah, I've trying seen, to get I've seen the done. kitchen, so I understand. The, the house is a wreck. Um, I'm running around uh, trying to get prescriptions filled. Uh, one of them's got a swollen eye, probably a sty. It's just, I can't hit the kids again. <laughs> okay. CPS was very clear on the rules of, of They parenting. didn't want him either. No. Keep it real. <laughs> but it, it's just stressful. It's just stressful, and it leads to kind of awkward encounters. And I just... I just got done with a very awkward encounter. How so? What'd you do? So I went over to the doctor's office to pick up a prescription and and then went over to the pharmacy and dropped it off. Even though this is the only pharmacy we've ever taken this prescription to be filled. And it's a recurring uh, prescription. So we're there every month getting this thing filled. Um, They always ask me, is this your first time here? Is this the first time you, you filled this here? And oh, it's a it's a controlled substance, so they're always very suspicious of me, right? Even though it's always me, but now I'm there with a mask, so now they mm. really don't recognize me, right? Even though they can look in their system and see that, oh yeah, we've been filling this there for six years. Do you ever just want to tell them, look in the computer? I do, out. but they're they're always sweet while they're being rude. Oh yeah, okay. Well, yeah, maybe it's not just rude; it's dingy. dismissive. Yeah, they might be dingy. So what happens usually is we, we drop off the prescription, and after I'm grilled about my address and, and, and the whole nine, they say, okay, well, uh, it'll be ready when the, when the pharmacist comes back in an hour and a half or so. So I drive home. It takes me about 10, 15 minutes to get home. And then usually right as I get home, my wife gets a text saying that the prescription's filled. Right. I got to stop that because my wife is out of town. So without even thinking or explaining to this lady, I just say, hey, my wife's out of town. Can I give you my number? Just assuming that she would <laughs> that she would know, right? Because in my mind, it's all worked out. Oh, my wife gets the text, you know, so she's out of town. I need to be the one to be informed. So I just tell her, hey, my wife's out of town. Can I give you my number? <laughs> and we all have to wear these stupid masks. And so you can't tell if somebody's smiling or any expression at all. So I don't know if she... Understood up. what what I was uh, you know putting down. Yeah, I didn't realize until after I kind of like I said it how it could sound. That's how I took it instantly. I, but see, that's not not what I meant. I, I just Clearly. meant I need to be the one informed here when the prescription's ready. But what I said was, "Hey, my wife's out of town. Can I give you my number?" And she made eye contact with me and said, "Sure. What is it?" I like. Uh, so, wow. So you guys got a date tomorrow. <laughs> well, hopefully within the next 20 minutes. And of course they don't have all the prescription there. So they're only going to like fill it halfway. And this is just being on my own with these kids trying to get everything taken care of. And then tomorrow, I guess I got a cabinet guy coming over finally after it's been a while. We've lived in this house for three or four months. And it seems like since day one, you know, the I know a guy, he can help, you know, promises. It's like drug dealing. Yeah, it's like buying drugs. I know a guy. 
Yeah. Take care of you. Uh, yeah. Hook you up. Yeah. No, no, no. You don't. I don't want you to spend your time looking into different uh, cabinetry guys. I know a guy, and he owes me a favor. Oh, yeah. So, you know, he'll call you. He'll call you. His name's Three Fingers Vinny, but, you know, <laughs> he'll work it for half price. Yeah, don't pay attention to Yelp reviews. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yelp, they take them out. <laughs> so it's it's been stressful, and so I got to balance, uh, you know, all the kids' stuff in the morning with work in the afternoon, and then picking the kids up after school, and then dinner, and... And now the the medicine stuff, and now the cabinet guy. I just need my wife. So let me ask you this. Now, you, you hit on one thing. So what culinary treats are you serving up for your kids? Got anything good? Well, it was nachos night before last. And while nachos is something I could make, I don't. I I order them. You outsource nachos. Okay. Well, look, wow. I, I don't want to say it's laziness. Let, let's just call it, I want to support local business in a time of need. This is very, a, very a well. crazy time for the world, so I just want to support. Our, our I, you local. know, I just I'm referring to this era as world on fire, so I'm just going to call it the WAF. You know, world on fire. Oh, in this WAF right now, sure. you know, we're in the WAF. I, I'm going to start you. That's a thing, Gretchen Wieners. That's a thing. WAF, world on fire. There we go. What would you say, Gretchen Wieners? Have you ever seen Mean Girls? It's a total reference to oh. Mean Girls, where Fetch is never going to be a thing, okay? You know, I, I watched Mean Girls for the first time, I don't know, five months ago or so. Right. I didn't like it. I, I, I don't know what all the, the fuss is about. I feel mm. like people have been talking about this movie. It, it's got my girl Lindsay in it. Oh, that's no. it. So Lacey Chabert, who plays Gretchen, she looks great in this. Amazing. Love her. Well, Lindsay Lohan is not my girl because she looks great. It's because she's a train wreck and provides free entertainment to the masses. Tomato, tomato. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm with you. I, I, I feel it. Well, she used to. Now we haven't heard her because, woff. Lindsay was a thing when the world seemed normal. Now that the world's on fire, Lindsay Lohan is normal. Maybe she just got her act together. Yeah, and I, I couldn't that. be more disappointed if that's the case. Uh, I doubt it. It's just there's other things that are worse. So, yeah, uh, nachos, and then uh, last night was the little one's birthday. My wife, being an excellent parent, was not here for his birthday. Ooh. So we ordered pizza, and they had a deal. It was like 20 bucks, two liter of soda, which is a rarity in our house. And it came with like these cinnamon Oh, wait, wait, pretzels. wait. You mean special drink? Special. No, special drink. <laughs> for everyone out there, it's what my, my youngest calls... Um, flavored seltzer waters that what you'd call them yeah or but do you guys do bug juice as special drink or those little flavored boxes and stuff is that all special drink oh yeah special drink is a wide-ranging term Uh it's it could be a a juice pouch a juice box where they got their name originally was the the bubblies or sure so here's the question what is not special drink and which do they get more not special not special drink or special drink not special drink, which is water. They get that more often than special drink? Oh, okay, okay. Because every time I'm here, it's like, where's the special drink? I need some special drink. All, all, all the little guy says is special drink. Yeah. And the other day I was joking around. I was pretending to be him. And he was pretending to be me, and it was a good time. And he got really annoyed how many times I asked him for a special drink. <laughs> He's very, very upset. So I kept asking him if I could have a special drink or play on his brother's computer. Ooh. Yeah. 
And he'd say, no, no, has inappropriate games. So was... <laughs> <laughs> Did you ask him what inappropriate means? He doesn't know. Ah, uh, I'd he, like to hear him at least try and expound on that. I don't think he understands the difference between the word inappropriate and appropriate, to be honest. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. So that that's my adventure right now. What I'm going through all ends in a couple of days, and I will be very excited. And I... I appreciate my my wife just that much more. Well, she is she is the calm and you are the not calm. That's fair. That's fair, right? Cuz yeah. what 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 if I had to visualize you, if I had to to paint a picture of you for for everyone listening to this, picture the house with flames coming out the backside and a a Small hobbit of a man running all over the place, screaming that the roof's about to collapse. And then in walks a calm, statuesque beauty known as your wife, who simply says, honey, I've got this. And you're suddenly relaxed. She just has this calming influence on you, and it is beautiful to see. She's very good for you. I don't even know where to start. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I gave I, you a lot. I don't know if I, I should address how you called me a hobbit. He's actually he's actually really well built for radio. Let's put it that way. He's just actually very well built for radio. It's getting old. That one's getting old. <laughs> or or you think my wife just walks in gracefully and says, Honey, it'll be okay. Yeah. No. 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 It's it's usually a little bit more vulgar and more along the lines of get your act together. Oh, is there and yeah. more crying? I, I only cry sometimes. That's what I. <laughs> Just, it's rare, so when the tears do flow, you know I mean it. And and you know, and he, you're not really a hobbit. I haven't seen your toes. I don't know if there's any hair on them, so that's completely off the table. So maybe you're... I am a hobbit, and I've been lied to my whole life. Although my <laughs> height is not indicative quest? of a hobbit. Aren't hobbits like three feet tall, four feet tall? Precisely. I come in at a, a very statuesque five foot nine, tennish in heels. Yeah. No, no, that is another incorrect <laughs> statement. It is true. I will say this: my son is your height, and my poor son is. You guys are normal height, right? You're like the average height. For some reason, that is the height where it's acceptable to start making fun of people for being short. You're not really short, but you're at that that height where it's acceptable to tease you about it yeah again as the one being teased here i i fundamentally disagree with everything that you're saying right now (laughs) i accept that as as one of my my friends who's taller than me (laughs) said everyone shorter than me is just the same height and i think that's what you suffer from it's probably true but it's also that you're convenient when you're standing next to me i can set my drink on your head no you can't what just roll over here. Oh my gosh! So that's what I'm going through. That's that's my day right now. Um, what about you? This weekend, I did very little. I have every intention of I. Uh, all you out there, I am going back to school. Midlife crisis. Um, I wanted to be able to afford a Maserati by this point in my life. I can't. So it was either that or a new career. And so I'm going on uh, for a new career. And I've been pre-studying in my off semester right? In this off time before the next semester, I'm having a hard time sticking to it. I find myself meandering. I'm looking up Elvis movies. I mean, why? Like, ooh, fun in Acapulco, whatever it is. And I'm wasting 
hours of my day doing this stuff. So while you're struggling with keeping a household together, I'm lounging. I'm actually lounging. I, I've been watching way too many shows. I've been enjoying my time way too much and I feel guilty about it. So I'm having the opposite problem with you. You're trying to keep everything together and I'm trying to pretend like I have a purpose in my life. I mean, literally I'm cleaning bean dip off my shirt. It's pathetic, truly pathetic. As somebody who is well-versed in the cleaning of bean dip from one's shirt, I can tell you it's going to be okay. Well, what gets it off? I, I mean, not turning it on. I mean, what removes it? I just throw it in the wash. Yeah, yeah. But what if ugh, I'm not allowed to do laundry? Yes, I have the perfect <laughs> relationship. I'm not allowed to do laundry. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can't even fold it. Oh. So that's my that's my lot in life. I have to just lounge around and have other people clean up after me. It is marvelous. Oh, I will wash the laundry and then bring it into the house and then dump it onto the couch where it sits. For sometimes well over a week. Well, that's what I do. That's why I'm not allowed to do laundry. And then it just gets in the way, and then there's no one for people, nowhere for people to sit. And <laughs> companies coming over, so you just take that pile of laundry and just throw it on your bed, and then you just, anyways. Isn't that a that, peek behind the curtain? That is so <laughs> my natural existence. I completely relate to this because that's what I do. And then I say the grand lie: "Oh, my house doesn't normally look like this," which <laughs> is a total lie because. That's what it would look like. If I wasn't in a relationship, my house would look exactly the same way. Well, when I, when I say that, what I mean is I'm humiliated that my home looks like this and I live this way. But, but the truth is, as I mentioned before, I like things neat and orderly. And I used to fight against the, the craziness and, and disarray. But I have lost the battle. Yeah. There's, there's no more uh, fights worthy of fighting in, in that regard. So, but if you my, can't, can't beat them, join them. Yeah, that's true. My father is a neat Nick and my mother is disheveled. You know, the, the kind of person that brings the mail in, fully intending to read all of it, junk mail and all, and never reading any of it, and it just collects in that mail junk pile. That's what I grew up around. And my dad gave up a long time ago too. So I, I'm naturally disheveled. Now, I won't leave dirty dishes in the sink. I, that's, that's not my thing. But mail, clean laundry, all of that stuff. Oh yeah, I'll I'll leave that piling. That's that's a, that's a natural problem for me. That I I feel that I learned from my mother. Love your mom if you're listening. Yeah, the the mess, the the cleaning, the organization. There's something also I've struggled with my whole life. Is I I need that. I crave that order. But I'm not always motivated to to see it to light. So. Yeah. Uh, we're sitting here in, in my workshop, which right now is messy. No, medium bad. It's medium. Yeah, it's I, I give it a, a four out of ten. I didn't have I to remove any clothing from any chairs. It's pretty good. Anyways. So, Wes. Yeah. I think what we're going to talk about today is childhood memories. Just memories of uh, visiting our, our grandparents. and Oh, good memories. Yeah, yeah. And again, we keep talking about it as the, the world just continues to burn. Woff. It's my thing. Woff. Isn't that the Nicki Minaj song? Oh, WAP. WAP. Ah, and that's not Nicki Minaj. Oh. That's Nicki Minaj Part 2, Cardi B. I'm 
super in touch with right. with modern. It gets worse the older you get. It is. It gets worse oh, the older you get. But dear. you know. But that's a great comparison from from childhood memories. Uh, my um, my grandmother has been dead now two years. She passed away at ninety. Nothing but amazing memories with that woman. My grandfather, who's been gone twenty two years now and I have just some amazing memories with both of them and so I would love to share some of these adventures because I, my, my parents used to uh, send me to my grandparents house for several weeks during the summer and we got into a lot of trouble because I have a huge family with a lot of cousins and I can't wait to share some of the adventures that we did well yeah we've been friends now for five or six years something a like long that time. and Long-ish. you know we never really I, I don't know this the side of your background. It's not something that we really sit around and talk about. We usually just talk about kind of, you know, the, those big things from our youth or, yeah. you know, military memories or whatnot, but not so much grandma's house. And that's such a big part of, I think, most people's. Upbringing. If you're lucky, it is a big part yeah. of your life. Yeah. Well, why don't you take it away? Tell me a little bit about your grandma. Oh, my gosh. So my grandmother, she was uh, born in the 20s. Actually, my, my grandfather was born uh, the same year as the Russian Revolution, and my grandmother was born shortly thereafter. And they When were was the Russian Revolution? You got to... 1917. I think oh. it was 1917, give or take a year. And uh, my grandparents grew up hard scrabble. Both of them were poor. In fact, my grandmother was... Uh, her family were coal miners in Kentucky during the the basically enslavement by uh, coal mine companies, coal mining companies. And that's where unions were formed to protect the workers because they worked for the company. They were indebted to the company. They rented from the company. They bought their food from the company. Did and they get paid in the, the company tokens? Yeah, and all they that? did. Yeah. And so they were always, they were basically slaves. And so she grew up living like that. And it really influenced how she saw the world and how she worked and how she saved. And, and she had, um, she had self-respect, and that's something that I, I I am so glad that I grew up around somebody who had self-respect because it taught me so much about how important it is and how easy it is to lose, and that's just one of those moral qualities, right? That, that that's not so much the memories, but it does feed into those memories that I have with my grandma and grandpa. Uh, both of them were amazing people. My grandfather was uh, he was a a lumber mill guy and was injured. You know, they had eight kids and he was injured uh, severely and wasn't able to work. And my grandmother had to go on welfare uh, Mm. for a time. And here's the caveat. She didn't go on welfare. They had no money coming in and they were forced to go and fill, you know, apply for welfare. And it was such a humiliation for my grandmother that she got the first check, never cashed it and ended up getting a job as a uh, CNA and uh, then became a nurse eventually. So she refused to humiliate herself that way. Uh, and uh, even though she had every reason to, that's what it was there for. But she had self-respect. And so it was, it was a, it's a powerful lesson about the frugality. They saved their money. They split their time between California and Missouri. Ultimately, they, got, you know, they, they became well enough off that they could do that. And they had property in both uh, California and Missouri. And they ended up moving to California. I think anybody who's been to Missouri would go, oh, that makes sense. I could see that. So I spent my summers on uh, 30 acres in Northern California in some of the prettiest country around. And my cousins would come up and spend summers with us. And it was always coordinated so that I would have my brother, myself, 
you know, some other cousins that we got along with that were our, at our age that we could play with. And we got into a ton of mischief, a ton of trouble. It was all good natured. But yeah, how about you? Well, I, I want to ask a, a, yeah. about your grandpa. Sure. So you said that he got injured on the job and wasn't able to work. Right. So was that the end of his career? Did he pick up the pieces or uh, no, was he, he a stay-at-home? He became a stay-at-home father, and he still had a couple of children at home. Okay. And so he became the house husband. And, of course, they Very had, unusual. Yeah. And they had a, a, uh, they had a farm. Uh, you know, it was a dairy farm. It wasn't a, a big one. It was more of a, a, a family farm. And they raised oats. You know, it, I mean, I can remember Buck and Hay when I was a kid getting in the back of the, the truck as he drive the truck up and down the rows and we just buck that hay in the back of the truck. And that was where I first got to drive a truck. In fact, it was an old push button Ford automatic. So you'd get in this old truck with a giant wagon wheel for a steering wheel and you would push park drive one, you know, and I thought I was king of the hill. I, I thought I was ama- It was amazing. I'm driving five feet stop. How old were you? 12, six feet stop. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Well, 12, I think, is about the age where we're driving, you know, really becomes like it's within grasp, right? Yeah. It's only a few years away now, and it becomes something. You're a little bit bigger, reach the pedals. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a big deal. It was. That's where, that's where a lot of those big deals come from. In fact, my, I, my youngest two uncles were still at home when I was six, seven, eight, and uh, they had this huge eucalyptus tree in the backyard. And I got to show this story because it's one of my favorite memories. They built us a three-story tree house in this eucalyptus tree. It had, you know, you climb up the ladder. And when I say a three-story tree house, I don't want anyone to, to imagine this cute gabled house sitting in the tree. No, no, no. It was plywood, plywood platforms. And then you climb up some more ladders and there's another plywood platform. And you go up another one, and there's an even more precarious plywood platform. I mean, we were probably 20 feet up, 30 feet up. I mean, they they got pretty precarious. We youngsters, the youngest cousins, we thought we we were living the life in this amazing treehouse, but we were incomplete. You see, we could go up there, but if we had to go to the bathroom, we had to climb all the way down. <laughs> run all the way across the yard and go into grandma's house, to go to the bathroom. So, of course, being boys, that was easy. It was great fun. You know, urinating from 30 feet is just an amazing experience, breathtaking. We didn't want to just go number one. You see, we thought a good treehouse needs to have real plumbing. So, because we weren't really adept with, I don't know, actual plumbing and pipes and whatnot, we thought we would use air plumbing. So, have you ever heard of air plumbing? No. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to explain to you what air plumbing is. So there was a little spot off of the tree where the arm, you know, the limbs of the tree would come out. And if you braced yourself, you could drop trow and do your thing. Or that was the theory. How many people are in this tree house with you? Myself, my brother, and my cousin. And this is something you guys usually do is just poop around each other well it's just sounding very odd I'm it is very judge. odd no i had one cousin who had the ability to poop on command oh he my could gosh. i know it was a magical ability in fact i would love to have him on someday because it, it's it was just amazing and i've got so many stories about him and poop it's it's gross so he's like well we need to have a bathroom because we got to do it okay so 
I remember running into the house because I had the idea. I said, well, why don't we just get a trash can and set it underneath the spot and we'll aim to see if we can figure out the right landing spot. So that's air plumbing. It's gravity, right? Yeah. It's gravity. So we got a Charlie Brown waste paper basket. It was my, my uncle's from his, you know, his high school desk. And it had this expression on it. Good grief. Charlie Brown classic expression. So I get it out there. Now, I'm not the idiot that everyone is going to think I am. It's not like I stood there aiming to see if it was going to hit the right spot. That's just, that's gross. So I aimed it where I thought his took us would be, right? And then I backed away and I walked away. And so I didn't see the act. All I remember is hearing the thud. Oh my gosh, Wes. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it hit the side. It Somehow it knocked Charlie Brown over and covered oh his face. Gosh. And all you could see was good grief coming out of this pile of this cow plop. So to this day, oh 40 gosh. years later, I see my cousin and all we have to do is say good grief to each other. And we just crack <laughs> out laughing. It's a, it's a great memory now, but we were like, then the next thing was, how do we clean this up and get this back into uncle's? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. So I, uh, I can remember saying, no, we're going to leave it out here and we're going to lie because none of us wants to get in trouble for having dropped a deuce. On Charlie Brown. I am immensely disturbed by that story <laughs> on a lot of different levels, oh. a lot of different levels. I've, I've never heard that story. You've never told me that oh, before. God. There's a, can you tell, now you understand why, right? Well, I, I find it interesting that you didn't tell me, but yet you're willing to tell. Oh, the, no the shame. Internet. Yeah, no shame. <laughs> There's no shame there. I just, it just never seemed appropriate, but we were like, let's talk grandma memories. So it was at grandma's house that this transpired and i don't remember getting in trouble for it pretty sure that, that that there was probably you know grandparents can't get in, get get under their grandkids and my grandparents were no exception they were easy going with us it was probably something where my uncles got in trouble for leaving the their their rooms open so that we could get into trouble <laughs> so this is your your mom's yeah parents okay yeah my maternal grandparents yeah what about on, on your father's side? My grandfather, my paternal grandfather, he and I shared a birthday, but he passed away when I was two. And so there was no time with him. And my grandmama was, uh, she lasted, she made it into the 90s, but she was out in Tennessee. So I never had a, a an intense relationship with her. But when I did spend time with her, she just, she was amazing. She was this Ah, linebacker of a woman, just a a big kind of well-built woman. And she just had tons of love and she could fry catfish better than anybody. Oh my God. To this day, I can't have catfish anywhere west of the Mississippi because the magic, it just, you can't do it. Um, But she made, she ruined it for me. She ruined fried food for me. I mean, I like my fried food, don't get me wrong, but Southern fried food is special. So I didn't have a lot of memories there. Yeah, what I do is food re- food related. How about you? Let's give give me some give me some background on you. Any any grandparent memories that come to mind that are on par with a good grief memory? Oh, I don't know if I have a, a good grief memory like that. Just because that was no public pooping stories. 
at grandma's house? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh. Let's see. So my mom's parents, my, my grandma and grandpa, have both passed on. And I remember growing up spending a lot of time you know, at their house. So they were in Fresno, and I grew up primarily in, in Modesto, which is uh, a couple hours north mm-hmm. of Fresno. So we would, you know, go maybe once a month or so, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. We'd drive down to Fresno and, and see them. My my grandmother used to be a teacher. I, I believe she taught elementary school. Okay. Yeah. But I don't remember her ever being a teacher. So I think she, she stopped doing that before, you know, I was she retired long was before on. you came along. Yeah. I guess. I mean, she wasn't old enough to, you know, by what we think retirement age is. But my grandfather was a professor at Fresno State. Wow. Yeah. And he taught, I think he taught like either industrial design or, or furniture design, so, something along that. Something cool. Yeah. Very cool. The, the guy could just build anything. Right. He's just a master craftsman. His garage was just this enormous uh, wood shop. And he made bicycles. He made the furniture in their house. Um, and even the belt buckle he wore was you know his That's design cool. stuff that he made he had all this talent and these skills it was just mind-blowing it's still mind-blowing to me because mm-hmm. that's i don't have that ability whatever he had you know it was just kind of done it was incredible yeah so i don't have a good grief story but what i do have is because a mortimer story Ooh, mortimer? Yeah, well that's something to touch on yeah there was uh this this air of being proper and yeah right that that kind of surrounded that it's higher education. Everyone's, you know, college degrees, big house. You yeah, know. they meant something back in the day. You were actually right. educated. Yeah, yeah. And so when when you go there, there's things you say, things you don't say, and you know, you know what's appropriate and what's inappropriate. And that's kind of, you know, I, I talk about that a lot. As as our viewers or listeners have already heard, and and we'll continue to hear when we talk about movies and, and film, I'm always like, oh, what's appropriate, what's inappropriate for my kids? And that's all based on my upbringing. And- right. You know, though, you and I have very similar upbringings. Our our, our parents seem to reflect some of the same values. Because yeah. even though my cousin was pooping out of trees, <laughs> that was that was not acceptable. Right. You know, it, right. And, and it was one of those stories that I know my grandmother did not share with my mother. Um. And in fact, probably it was a story that we shared later on. So yeah, but I completely understand. I digress. When we would go over uh, to to grandma and grandpa's house, uh, usually those visits would hang out at the house and visit and catch up, you know, what the most recent goings on are and, and just kind of hang out and spend time together. And then if it was a holiday, like Easter, I, I really remember we get together and, and my grandfather would uh, like barbecue uh, lamb kebabs. Ooh, that was classy. Yeah. And then if it wasn't a holiday, we would usually go out to a buffet and they loved uh, fresh choice or sweet tomatoes. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, I think th- didn't they just go belly up? I haven't been there for I, a long time. I'm not so. a soup plantation. I, I'm a buffet fanatic. There, <laughs> the, the, there are people who are buffeters. And there are those who are anti-buffets, and rarely is there a middle ground. And thanks to COVID, buffets are dead. So. Well, I, I was a, a fan as a kid. It was great. Mm-hmm. 
But I think the reason we went there is because it's cheap. You're going out to eat. There's six, eight of you, depending on who's in town. Mm-hmm. Well, not it's way easier to pay 13 bucks, you know, ahead and have it all included than worrying about someone, you know, ordering a a drink other than water and all of a sudden, <laughs> right, everything yeah. adding up. Yeah. And it's interesting now. It was out of politeness that we wouldn't, that if we went to a restaurant, which we did, uh, we wouldn't, you know, order above and beyond. It was only out of politeness, mm-hmm. I think, because we means were never an issue. I mean, yeah. you're, you're talking the difference between ten and fifteen bucks, you yeah. know, all told, if everyone orders something other mm-hmm. than water to drink. Yeah. So yeah, now that I think about it, it was just politeness, and I was brought up with that in mind. Yeah. So we would go out to eat, and then either part ways at the restaurant or go back and visit for a little bit longer. But, you know, having the two-hour journey, it was never never that long of a visit, just an afternoon, just yeah. an afternoon. But my grandparents at their house, they had this yellow-naped Amazon, this parrot, this oh. big, mean parrot. He was green and, as his name suggests, had a little bit of yellow on the, the back of his neck and these like piercing red eyes. Ooh, that's never good. Not to a kid anyways. And he would watch you. Everything you did, he would watch. And my poor grandma had these scars on her hand because Mortimer, even though they had him since he was just a little tiny baby bird, would bite just indiscriminately. Mm -hmm. I really believe that parrots are far more intelligent than we realize. There were times when it seemed like he would just speak English like, he, not just mimic speech, yeah. but the phone would ring and he'd say hello. Uh, my grandpa would tell the story of, you know, so to get Mortimer to uh, take a bath, he would just take him in the shower with him. And he would ask Mortimer, Mortimer, are you ready for a shower? And Mortimer would either say yes or no. I was trained or taught, <laughs> I suppose, as a child that if you approached Mortimer, the way you would approach him uh, to ask permission to pet him was you go to his cage and you raise up your finger and you, Mortimer, can I pet you? And he would then either not lower his head or lower his head. And if you lowered his head, you would give it, you know, wait a couple beats and you kind of reach in and he would press up right against the bars of his, his large cage and you just kind of rub the back of his neck. Yeah. And it was very sweet. And he would go, oh, oh. <laughs> but sometimes Mortimer would trick you and he would start to lower his head, but he'd be watching you this whole time. And if your finger got too close, got within biting range, before his head was lowered all the way, he'd go for it. Ooh. So you really had to wait those couple of beats. And there were times where I didn't, and he almost got me. How long did Mortimer last? I don't know how old he was when he died, but he he died right after my grandmother was diagnosed with cancer. Oh. It was very odd. Like He was pampered. They took such good care of him. They would wake up and like cut this bird fresh fruit. And my grandpa was up at like ten or uh, five in the morning, and I don't know ten in the morning where that came from. Wow! But yeah, so early. <laughs> he'd be up at five in the morning. You know, there were times where we'd spend the night there, and and he'd be up long before dawn getting Mortimer's food ready for the day. Now, how long do parrots are they like? Do they live to be like eighty or something like yeah. that? Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I think depending on on the type. They'll, they'll live a, a lifetime. Can you imagine, if you think about it, this is just an aside, but can you imagine living your life in one house, in a cage, but in that house, mm-hmm. and then losing the people that you 
interact with. Your whole world is gone. You know what right. I mean? I, I've not thought about that until you brought this up just now. And it makes me kind of think about all those poor parrots out there. I don't know. You know, I'm just, I've never thought about that. It's just one of these things that just popped in my head. And Well, I imagine hmm. that my parents must have talked about, oh man, you know, if grandma and grandpa pass away, yeah. what's going to happen to the stupid bird? <laughs> he was not nice. Again, he would let you pet him if you ask permission. But where he got scary was they would let him out of his cage. Yeah. And he couldn't fly, but oh. he would, so he, he was this, I don't know, was 12 inches tall maybe. Yeah. And he would just run around the house and he had this area. And if he saw you, he would chase you and he, you know, spread out his wings and he can't fly, but he's like coming after you. And he's so mean. So we, you know, Mortimer is coming out of his cage. You know, you happen to be here at the time where he comes out and this is his schedule. So stay out of his way. That's kind of creepy. It's terrifying. This little green thing with red eyes running around that speaks English. <laughs> yeah. As a kid, it, even, you know, into my teen years. I think that's a gremlin. They actually call those gremlins. <laughs> yes, that's that's what this guy was. He was, I mean, I say he's mean. The reality was he was evil. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you clarified. Yeah. That it, helps. And Because, you know, the, the folks out there listening haven't encountered Mortimer. They really don't understand how ruthlessly vicious this parrot was. And but it was it was poetic that, you know, right when when my grandma needed the most attention, he fell off his perch. He was so in tuned with her just daily life and yeah. well, he would mimic every time she was on the whole phone call. The phone would ring and he would, you know, hello, hello. You know, my my grandmother would always, you know, listen and be sweet. She'd be go, oh, oh. And so he would just mimic that. And so Oh, oh, throughout the phone call. And right. He had a couple other little phrases that he parroted as well, but doesn't mean he was a good bird. <laughs> <laughs> I hear this a lot from people who have who have long-lived birds. All I ever hear, slight exaggeration, but is that they're so complex that it's difficult to have them. Yeah, he, he was incredibly smart. And I, I swear, he would just spend time in his cage just sharpening his beak. Mm-hmm. He's like a prisoner doing time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he knows that he's not going to escape. Like, that's that's not reality. But what he can do is hurt you. Yeah. And you aren't going to hurt him and back. And you are afraid of him. That's right. And he knows that he's going to work that. Mm-hmm. Every, everybody needs their pecking order, and you were literally below him. Yeah, I never really understood why. Uh, or, or where Mortimer fit into family life because it it's absurd. Yeah. It's absurd to have a pet like that. Yeah, Grandpa well, was so busy all the time, but he made time for Mortimer. It's just weird to me. Well, you make time. Well, I don't know. You know, and, and we could go on about pets, and that that might be something to talk about for another time. Absolutely. But, but pets are an interesting reflection of us because there's some people who would never have a parrot. I wouldn't because, well. It's all about me. <laughs> and I don't I can't have any animal that requires that much attention, which is also why I'm not a huge dog person, you know, cuz it's all about me and dogs are all about them. And you oh, know, I had this longing to buy a dog. I, I know want a dog do. so bad right now. But speaking of pets, my my dad's parents, it was my my nana and papa, and my papa's passed away, but my nana's still alive. And uh, they going, I remember as a kid going over to their house, they had just tons of animals. My. Oh, is it the kind where you'd open the door and all the dogs would run out? Dogs, cats, (laughs) 
always always runty and kind of the these animals that it was like those at the island of forgotten toys or, yeah. or whatever but that way for for pets Aww. and my my nana just has a soft spot for all things furry you know so you go over there and you know of course when you are kind and generous and have that loving spot you trade uh cleanliness for animal fur absolutely and as a kid, I just remember remember I talk about being neat and orderly, not being able to get like fur off of me. Mm-hmm. It would drive me crazy. Yeah. Now, there was, uh, I think, Otis. And these are like, I don't remember the kinds of dogs. I remember them being pugs. They they might have been pugs. They might not have been pugs. It's all a blur of fur. All these little tiny dogs, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I remember actually going to see the movie uh, Milo and Otis mm-hmm. with, with my with my Nana. And they were kind of on the other side of the, the economic spectrum. So they're, uh, you know, blue-collar, working-class folks. Yeah. So whereas, you know, we'd go out, to, you know, with my grandma and grandpa, we would drive to San Francisco to eat at some vegan restaurant, right? Oh, dear. That wasn't even in anyone's vocabulary over on my dad's side of the family. Yeah. Which was all right because – Sometimes you need to go to Burger King where you can get it your way. You I'm I'm so with you. We are in complete agreement there. Yeah. Uh, so that's some of my memories uh, with my nana and papa and, and going to the movies and just kind of regular regular isn't it, stuff. Isn't it interesting? Kind of there there there's a universality there because I I think as you're telling your story, especially about your nana with the uh, multiple animals, I instantly visualized. Not my neither of my grandparents were were huge animal people, but we all have known that older person who opened their door and the menagerie comes running out, you know, and they'd spend ten minutes trying to corral them back. Right. Sassy, taffy, daisy, you know. Like, <laughs> right. Get back in the house. Yeah. Half your energy is uh, you know, used up chasing these these critters. I know. And it was all my nana, my grandfather or my papa was just like, This makes her happy. She She's got this energy to use up on these critters. It's fine with me. And he would just kind of sit there. And, you know, he had he had his dog, his little dog. Is it LB maybe? Or I think. It's funny. I haven't thought about this in, in ages. This needs to dig back through it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's the also. The sepia tone memories of, of yeah, the it's, Yeah, it's painful, though, too. How so? Well, as an adult, you, you look at everything differently as a kid. And when you're little, you don't appreciate that time that you have with these people. Mm-mm. You know, I, I, I miss my papa immensely. And how long has he been gone? I don't know off the top of my head. So he, did he pass away when you so, were young? No, he passed away after I got out of the air force. Oh, okay. So okay. it was shortly after I got married, I think it was mm-hmm. 2013 or 2014. Okay. Probably. But it's sad. It kind of an, as an adult, you, you look back and you left at some point, right. And you didn't, really go back you kind of moved on with your own life mm-hmm. and that just that sucks you wish you could have that one more time to to go back and give him a hug and you, talk you know to him a little bit really interesting is i am in that middle point where i don't have any grandkids but um my kids still have all four of their grandparents and my ex-wife's mother i am fairly close to still a uh, lovely lovely person and i can say that if she is exemplary of every grandparent, y'all need to go out there and make some time for your grandparents because she talks about how much she misses her grandkids and how she feels like she's a memory before she's passed on. And it's like, oh, it's heartbreaking. It is. It's like, 
is she the only grandparent that feels like this? Because all of her grandkids are now, they're either late teens or late teens to late 20s. They all have lives. They have drama. They have all of this stuff going on. And yet their grandparents who were so pivotal in their early years are kind of memories before they're even gone. And I'm like, if that's what's really going on, ugh, go, go, don't just call your grandparents, go and take them out, go hang out with them, spend some time with them. My gosh. How many times have we heard that advice growing up? I, I remember hearing that lots of times mm-hmm. and it's just, you kind of, uh, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just forget about it and move on. And then once they're gone, that's it. And you're just like, oh man, wish I would have taken that advice. Wish I would have spent that time. Yeah. Was, there's really no excuse. Well, and, and there isn't, you know, there's a, uh, maybe five or six years before my grandfather passed away, there was a song that was out. Or it wasn't even out. It was a song on a, on a CD. This is dating me. It was a song on a CD and the song was called Tomorrow. And it talked about putting off everything for tomorrow. And it was just, it was a, an acoustic song and it was very melancholy and it just made me think of my grandfather. And so I, I tried to spend time with my grandfather, but I was in my early twenties and didn't spend as much time. And the week he passed away, I said, Oh, I'll go and see him next week. And I didn't get to say goodbye to him and he died unexpectedly. And that upset my world. I, I think I, I lost it every night for probably three or four months. And, but the good news is it changed how I related to my grandmother. And I made a point thereafter to see my grandmother every week until she passed away. So for 20 years, there were obviously some times when I was out of the area, so I couldn't see her regularly. But when I got within three or four hours, I saw her every week, almost, I made my kids go and see her. And so when she did ultimately pass away, I didn't have that, that heartbreak that things left unsaid, she would wave to me as I was driving out of the driveway in those last two years because turns out she told my mother she wanted her grandkids to remember her waving as they drove off into the distance. That was important to her. And so to this day, it worked because I'm, I'm going to get teary-eyed. I remember her waving as I drive away and I knew that her health was failing and I knew that her her memory was failing, but she would stand there and she would struggled to go to the railing and she would wave to me until, and she had this long driveway and then you had this long road and you could see her all the way down, probably a quarter of a mile. And I, she would just stand there and wave until my car went out of the way, out of the view. And I would cry that entire time and probably for another mile or two, because I thought this is going to be the last time I see her. You know, we, we talk about when was the last time you held your kid, right? When was the last time you said goodbye to your grandma? I remember it. She gave me so much that I got to say goodbye and I knew when the last time I saw her was going to be and she made sure that I had that, that I hate the word closure, but she made sure that I had that memory of saying goodbye to her, you know, to the point where, and I don't want to get all, all droopy, but the best thing she did for me was you and I were hanging out the day she died. My brother had sent me a text saying, Wes, you need to get over here because grandma's not going to last long. My mother told me earlier in the day, don't worry, grandma's going to make it through the weekend, finish up what you need to do, and then come over. So I left your house just a wreck. And I raced home, raced to my grandma's house. I had called my kids and said, cancel what you're doing, get over to grandma, and if you beat me there, tell her I'm going to be there. Because my grandma and I were really, really close, really close. And... uh as my kids are racing home, I know my daughter got there first 
And she had told my grandmother, who was barely there, please don't go. Wes is going to be here. He's going to say goodbye. Just let him say goodbye. And I got into the house. I said hello to everybody quickly. And I walked in and I saw my grandmother and it was a shell. She was barely hanging on. And I got to walk into where I grabbed her hand and her eye tracked over to me. And I said, I love you, grandma. And she didn't even have the energy to say, I love you. She mouthed, I love you. And while I was holding her hand, she let go and she died while I was holding her hand. And I thought, wow, that's, that's having a relationship with somebody is when they wait for you. You know, you think, oh, do they, I, I used to hear these stories where people would say, oh, they waited for me. And I'd say, ah, they didn't. But I know the timing was too precise. It w- must have taken everything that her body had to hold on just so she could say goodbye to me and so that I could say goodbye to her. Best gift I've ever had, bar, bar none. I mean, yeah. yeah. Anyways, that's, that is the value of having a relationship with somebody like that is where saying goodbye to them at the last minute is so profoundly important. And it was because of all these memories from good grief, you know, <laughs> on to, to all of these, you know, my, my cousins and I, my, my grandfather was a, a, a handyman of, uh, of sorts. He had a, a, a shed full of tools. He'd let my cousins and I play around with his tools. He wasn't one of those people who was like, don't touch him, put him back. He was literally, Ugh, I'm lucky if I can find him. Good luck to you. So. We our goal when we were little kids was to make a car, a scooter, or any sort of automobile that we could hand crank. We 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 set up fans and we were gonna crank the fan so that it would carry us down the road so we could go to the the gas station and get candy because that was <laughs> so we spent hours with my grandparents doing that and so all of those memories built up into that one moment where I got to say goodbye to my grandma and it and it. It redeemed everything that, you know, the the lack of saying goodbye, the inability to say goodbye to my grandfather was made up in the fact that my grandma held on for me. And the fact that even as her memory was failing, she still remembered me enough to care to hold on. It was, that was a, that was a neat thing. So again, go, go and see your grandparents, go spend time with them, even if they're cranky. It's a necessity. And yeah. you know, what's kind of tragic right now is it's hard the older generation or the generation that need to be protected from mm-hmm. all the the goings on and I don't think it's been well, it's probably been a couple of years at this point maybe even longer it's crazy how time just flies now yeah really it's like I feel like I've I've lost my my sense of time but yeah it's been a couple of years since I've seen my nana and she's the the last one standing mm-hmm. so to speak yeah but I need to do that as soon as I can make it down to Fresno. Now I live even further away. Isn't that funny? Now we're yeah. talking about this and we're like, oh my gosh, I need to make some time, you know? Right. Here we are telling people, oh, go go spend time with your loved ones. And, and Oh, yeah. Forgot. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wah, wah. Oh, it's, it's tragic. Yeah. But this is, you know, nostalgia and, and thinking of the past isn't. We get warm and fuzzy memories when we think about, oh, first time playing a Nintendo or something like that. But... Really, I, I think by definition, it's, you know, nostalgia is, can be, you know, painful memories and yeah. you know, a lot of heartache. Painfully good memories sometimes, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I've, I've got a, a million, you know, great memories of, of my grandparents, but it's, 
you know, almost when I, when I sit down and, and think about it or something pops in my head, it's almost immediately followed by the thought that this person isn't here anymore. Yeah. It's hard to separate that for me, mm-hmm. to separate that, that heartache. You know, when, you know, my, my grandma and grandpa died, my, my grandma died and then my, my grandpa just kind of went nuts. And so when, when she died, it's kind of like both of them did. You lost two of them. Yeah. yeah. And that it left a, a massive hole in our family. Mm-hmm. I miss them immensely. Now, was this your mom's? My parents? mom's, okay. yeah. And then when I was when I was little, I was like one maybe. My my mom and dad got divorced, mm-hmm. and then I lived with my mom, and I would visit my dad every other weekend and half the summers. And so, just that being the case, being raised by my mom most of the time, my you know, most of my memories of, of grandma's house were her parents. Mm-hmm. And that, that sucks. That's, you know, unfair to my dad's parents. You know, but I just never seeing my dad, you know, every other weekend, it wasn't guaranteed that weekend we would go see, you know, Nana and Papa. So they were just kind of, I, I, I spent less time with them sure. is what I'm trying to say. And so the, those bonds weren't really there for me as as strong as they were with my my mom's parents. Absolutely. Well, that's the same thing with mine. My, my dad's grand, my dad's grim, my dad's mother, being in Tennessee and us being in California, really limited that time together. Yeah. And so it changed the dynamic. And yeah. it's a bummer because I wish I would have gotten to know Papa better. I just my memories were were that of a childhood. But even though he passed away relatively recently and after i had moved back to the states i didn't take any time to to go down there and mm-hmm. and spend time with them yeah that sucks that's something i can never undo or, or get back and it's it's really sad yeah so i i feel like i'm actually repeating that by not spending time with my nana so i have to get on the ball and fix that see well this is look at it yeah. this is a great unintended consequence of Talking about grandma's house. You got any? Do you, do you have any adventures at grandma's house stories? You got one. Adventures. I, I don't know adventures. We spent a lot of time at grandma and grandpa's house when I want to say it was in like sixth grade or seventh grade, and I was homeschooled, and my mom was taking a course at Fresno State, I think, and while she was. And in school for a couple of days a week, we would go to to grandma and grandpa's house and stay there. Right. Again, two hours difference or two hour drive both ways. So might as well just stay there for a couple of days while she had class. And while I was there, I came up with this idea that I wanted to do like a, a claymation space odyssey, like epic. Ooh, just intriguing. in my mind, it was this big, enormous production um I, I believe it was inspired by probably like nightmare for christmas and wallace and gromit and and the, these stop motion mm-hmm. uh, and gumby was an influence on me when i was little so my earliest memories are watching gumby on tv that explains a lot <laughs> vocalized pause yeah. uh. <laughs> <laughs> but mm. my my grandpa would uh, he took me into his lab you know, just all this equipment, these lathes and saws. And, you know, to a kid, it's just, 
what is this stuff? How do you have all your fingers? This is an incredible achievement to machinery and mankind. What is this? You know, the, the, the angel is, is yeah. craziness. I didn't know how to use any of it. But he, he took me out there and he, he had this uh, device where it was like it was made of plywood and then it had this neck that would come up and then a wire would connect from the top of this neck down to the base of the plywood mm-hmm. and it had a heating element and so this wire would get hot and we'd cut styrofoam with it. Oh. And so I would start to build like in my mind I'm, I'm building this this big ship and I was utilizing things like uh, pie pans and even like uh, – like pantyhose, I would rip it to have like this filter look. It never went anywhere. Nothing ever got built. You know, my my vision. You know, it could have been the Citizen Kane of of stop motion. You animation. were an auteur before your time. Indeed, indeed. But completing it wasn't important at all. It was that that time. You know, sketching things out with my grandpa and, and talking to him about, you know, what we wanted to do and how to do it and what tools you would need. That's something that, you know, I I remember. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll just throw this in. You know, as a uh, teenager, I was 16 or 17. My My grandmother had already passed away and my grandfather was spending time with us and they rented a house in Morro Bay. And this was a, a normal occurrence. Usually every summer we would spend a week or two at Morro Bay in Cayucas. Mm-hmm. But this was like the first time it had happened in a couple of years with my grandma's passing. And it was the first time that happened since I could drive and, you know, I was a little bit more independent. They they went to Morro Bay and then my buddy and I went independently of them and we were going to meet him there. Just an excuse for us to take the long way and goof off, mm-hmm. right? So we get there and we have a good time and decided to play this trick on my brother. And what I did was I took these little poppers, like you get on the 4th of July, these little pop things you throw on the ground oh, yeah. and they no, don't well. even know what they call. What do you call those? Like dragon snaps or something stupid. Oh, yeah. Um, snapdragons? Was yeah. it snapdragons? Isn't that a flower? I don't, I don't know. know. I know what you're talking about. But anyway, so I put these... <laughs> on the ground right on the porch in front of the front door and I rang the doorbell thinking that, you know, my brother would come outside and step on him and, you know, get scared. But my grandfather came out and stepped on him and it wasn't funny to him. He was (laughs) very upset, very, very upset and very disappointed. And I just remember like, (laughs) You know, you, you have that, that teenage kind of angsty mindset. It's like, oh, you just couldn't get a joke. And you try to explain yourself, but no one understands it. And it's like, oh, no one wants to be around me. Yeah. It wasn't about the situation that happened, but that's how I felt. So Brian and I left, and we're like, oh, we'll just go back early. So we headed back into the Central Valley early, and we, we broke down like halfway. Mm. And it's old There's Lincoln. There's a lesson there. Uh, Oh, my gosh. I had this fern. I bought this fern in Morro Bay. They have a great plant shop. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're a teenager, yeah, and you bought a fern. It was a well, nice you, fern, man. Not only are you, <laughs> I don't know what to say about what it. What a rebel! And what I love is you're like, well, they have this nice plant shop. Dude, it's an amazing Natural. plant shop. Wait, wait, wait. Are we talking bud, like green, or are we just talking like you're talking literally ferns? This is not no, slang it's for a, marijuana. No, right? no, no. That has never been part of my life. But they have a nice plant shop in Morro Bay. You I don't rebel. Even, I don't even know what it's called. It might be called the plant shop. But, dude, if you've never been, you can't understand. Like, it's just, 
the coolest place ever. Now I'm going to check it out. You have to. Because I'm a middle-aged man. <laughs> it's appropriate. Well, I'm 16. I'm a buying ferns. So we're stuck down. It's like 100 <laughs> degrees. We're somewhere outside of Bakersfield. Was, There's a country song in there. Somewhere. And I so hot. We knew we were in trouble when the air conditioning went out in the car, and then the car just stopped. And so we're, we're just stuck. And so we find this little tiny... You know, these like four aisle grocery store, you know, they've got one like refrigerated section and then three other aisles filled with chips and, you Mm -hmm. know, first aid. And so I am just hanging out in the the freezer section with my plant trying to keep it alive. (laughs) No, you're standing there like with the freezer door open with your plant. Yeah. Yeah. People looking at me, you know. Sure, I was dressed stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, dressed stupid, <laughs> acting stupid, keeping a fern in the front. Uh, just <laughs> trying to it. trying to keep it alive. Throwing in. So here's another part of that story was calling Brian's grandpa, my friend that was with me. We had to call his grandpa to bail us out because we had to get the car to a mechanic and have a mechanic patch it together enough for us to get out of there. Wow. So Brian's grandpa saved you. Came through. And how'd your fern through. do? I don't remember. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm sure it died. That's an unintentionally good story for the fern. <laughs> the fern made the story. It really did. I know. Oh, my. This says a lot about you. I'm, I'm a little concerned. That's probably Or justified. it makes sense why we're friends, because that's something that I would have done. <laughs> totally. I, I don't remember buying the fern. I, I, I just remember having it, and I remember where I got it. And that, that's really it. I don't know what I was going to do with it. It was pretty. You liked green trees. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, and there's something about the central coast where it's always green and cloudy and cool. And, and everything grows there. Oh, and then growing up in the Central Valley, where it's nothing so grows. hot outside. But Well, nothing but almonds. Almonds. Or and almonds, if you grow them. you got to call them almonds. Because you shake the L out of them. <laughs> there you I go. I know. There you go. Uh, yes. Yeah, so we'll have to do a, an episode uh, about first jobs. Ooh. Oh boy, I got some stories there too. Absolutely, but yeah, you know, we could go on and on about memories. You know, all these things are just popping into my head. Things I haven't thought about. Yeah. I haven't thought about those little snap pop things. Yeah, and that in just ages. So we'll have to do a follow up. We'll have to do a yeah. A, this was nice, un- unintentionally memories. nice. So, so what we were just doing is we're just kind of free talk, and we have a subject, and we just kind of talk about it. Yeah, and it, it was interesting how. Things unpeeled. I mean, I almost I almost started crying in part of this. So it was kind of unintentionally nice to be able to share this. And I enjoy your fern story more than you know. More than you know. <laughs> well, my fern was upset that I'm the one that bought it because it is Death no sentence. doubt dead and has no living relatives, no, no offspring. <laughs> no next of kin. It never became a grandma fern. <laughs> oh, you horrible uh, person. But, Wes, I, I think we should wrap it up. And Let's do it. But we have to do a follow-up. We have to do a follow-up, a, a part two of Grandma's House. 100%. Absolutely. This was, this was fun. All right, man. Thank you. All right. Thanks, everyone. Hindsight, a nostalgia podcast, is a product of Forgotten Man Media and is sponsored in part by 461 Veteran Clothing Company. If you would like to support our show, please consider subscribing and leaving a nice review on the podcast service of your preference. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.